Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Hooked on Homeschool. I am so excited to introduce to you today's guest. Her name is Jennifer, and she is the founder and creator of the company, The Log Cabin Schoolhouse. And what is so exciting about this company, it is a STEM education for girls and boys, and it'll really help your children learn math. She's got some really great tips that she is going to share with us, but she really thinks there should be more girl engineers. So she is going to explain how this is going to be helpful, whether you have a boy or a girl. It's for elementary and middle school children. So I'm excited to have her on the show today. Hi, friends. Are you ready to homeschool, but you're just not sure how to begin? Do you feel overwhelmed or frustrated with the public school and noticing that your child is constantly struggling or falling behind? Are you ready to say goodbye to that hectic and stressful weekday schedule and embrace a completely different approach? Do you find that your child is exhausted from those long days at school, followed by hours of homework at night? And are you constantly experiencing stress and overwhelm as a result? I'm here to share some great news with you. There is a better way, and it's called homeschooling. Experience quiet and peaceful mornings again. How about instilling a sense of joy and excitement for learning in your child? Witness their true passions unfold as you go on this fulfilling journey together. Welcome to Hooked on Homeschool. I am Dawn Janowitz, a homeschool mom, wife, podcaster, and online course creator. And I want to give you the clarity, the confidence, the freedom, and all the strategies to show you that it is possible to create an amazing homeschool experience that works for both you and your kids. So come on, ladies, let's go from hot mess express to fierce and fun, and let's get hooked on homeschool. Hi, Jennifer. How are you today? Hi, Don. I'm doing good. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm excited to really dive deep and learn about your company. So first, if you can tell us, you're actually a homeschool mom who started the company, right? Yes, I am. Perfect. So go ahead and tell us about your homeschooling your children. Well, I started working actually as an engineer many moons ago when I had my two babies at home. I realized I really just needed to be at home, a stay-at-home mom. At this point, I didn't even know a single homeschooler in the world. By fourth grade, my older daughter started getting sick from testing, and so we decided we needed to start doing something different. And when, when I did my research, I discovered that homeschooling was something that I could do too. It wasn't just for a certain group or community of people. I got really excited about it because I was a project engineer. And to me, it was just this really cool big project I could do. And it involved my, my kids who I adored more than anything in the whole world. What better project could I do? And so the second year, my second daughter came home because we were having so much fun. And so by now I had another little baby. So we have three little kids and we're all homeschooling. And then we realized we were all not, we didn't have to live where we were living because we weren't connected. You know, you always think, well, I have to find a good school and you have to work at a place. Well, my husband was telecommuting before the pandemic times. He'd been, te- he'd been telecommuting for 10 years by then. And so we decided we were going to pick up and move into a log cabin in the mountains in Pennsylvania. So we picked up and left Virginia and moved into a log cabin. We're homeschooling. We made new friends. It was so much fun. And so we stayed there for about, I don't know six, seven years until my older daughter, who the reason we homeschooled, she applied to some colleges and she got into 
in a school in Alabama. And we're like, okay, well, maybe we should move to Alabama. But by then I was teaching my kids friends math. And so because everybody else during the pandemic, this was 2020, went online, my classes all went online as well. And so when we moved to Alabama, I took all my kids with me virtually and incorporated my business. And now I teach math online to kids all over the country in the summer. Sometimes I'll have cohorts in Australia. I have a sweet boy from Canada who dials in on Fridays. And so we just are having a good time and doing math really well and one of the things I always like to talk about, like you said, Don, is that I, I can't get as many girls as I would like to. So I teach a really difficult math curriculum called Beast Academy in the Art of Problem Solving, and I'm always getting about 80% boys, and I, I can't figure out why that is. And so I, I'm so glad to be able to talk to people like you so I can take my message out on the road and tell people how awesome girls are at math and about where I think that they should direct themselves into the workforce. So I graduated my first homeschooler this May. I graduated my second homeschooler. I have an eighth grader this fall, and he'll be my last homeschooler. And so currently, I, ha I feel like I have three full-time jobs. I'm, I'm homeschooling my last child, and I have my business. And I'm also lobbying for kids and education in Alabama now since I was a homeschooler for so long. And three different states, there's a lot that you can see as a homeschooler from the outside looking in. And so my heart is with kids and getting all of them a good education like we've been able to do. Wow, that is such a beautiful story. And it seems like you do a lot. So when homeschool moms say, how am I going to do this when I'm homeschooling? You can get it done. There's 24 hours in a day. You don't have to get everything done. And you're not homeschooling all the time. You're only homeschooling a few hours a day. So you're actually left with a whole lot of time to where you can actually do things. So that is so great. I'm so excited to hear your story. So you homeschooled for a long time. You're three children and two are now off to college and you're teaching math, and then you created your company, and you actually named it the Log Cabin Schoolhouse. You're not in a log cabin, though, anymore, right? Alabama doesn't have any log cabins. Okay. No. Nope. Now you're teaching math. You're teaching difficult math. Is this math? So tell us a little bit about the math that you teach. Okay. So I didn't write the curriculum. It's called Beast Academy for elementary. And then they go on to one called Art of Problem Solving in, by the time they get to pre-algebra. It's just a really excellent curriculum. In the math world, they talk about either mastery curriculum or spiral curriculum. And spiral is where you get a lot of repetition and you'll get problems all across the, the previous chapters that you've done the entire school year behind you. And you'll get one new little section each week or whatever going forward, but then they'll keep weaving in the old problems. They're spiraling through is what it is. Or you might do a mastery curriculum where you get one kind of math, you'll master it, and then you'll move forward. And then you'll get another kind and you'll master it and you'll move forward. But this curriculum, I actually, they would call themselves mastery. But in my opinion, it's both because they don't take one little area of math at a time and spiral you through one and then this and then this. They'll weave three different things into one problem. And so it's so good for their brain. And the good thing is they don't have as much work because you actually can do less problems. So for a lot of kids, and not just gifted kids, ADHD kids who can't sit through 25 problems a day, a, a curriculum like this one is really, really good for their minds. So is this a full curriculum or is this supplementation? It's a full curriculum. People debate that, but I put, the, I put kids through just this and they're doing great. 
And is it only math? Is the Log Cabin Schoolhouse, is that only a math company? It's not. It's what I love the most. And there's not very many people working with me right now. So it's mostly math. But I put together a cybersecurity learning management class that anyone can do for free on my website. So I definitely want to make sure I mention that today. You just go to loghabinschoolhouse.com and scroll to the bottom and you can find free cybersecurity, like 30 days of, you could sit and do, I know people talk about morning baskets. Maybe you're sitting there in the morning every day and you're going to go through a couple of things every morning together. You could do this class that way and it's totally free. But everybody needs to know about cybersecurity today. As soon as your kids get an email address, they should be aware of what a phishing email is so they don't you know, blow up your home network. <laughs> oh, that's great. And so what age does that cybersecurity, what, is, what age would that be for? I would actually do that as young as you want. So first grade, but I would do that with them. I would actually say moms should do it too, because a lot of us don't enjoy computers as much and we're not on them as much. And if you just have one child who loves computers, that's enough reason for us to all have to be good at this thing called cybersecurity to keep our families safe, our bank accounts safe. We're all banking on our computers. And then you hand it over to your child to, to check one email and all they have to do is click on the wrong link. So I think it should be something they do together. Kids as young as first grade could be looking at it. And it's 30 days, 30 links, 30 lessons, basically. But you can skip around. Maybe you do 10 of them this year and 10 of them next year. Um, and just weave it in where you think it's interesting. And you also have STEM education on your website as well, where you teach STEM? Yeah, so I have a micro, I have like random stuff right now. So I did a Microsoft class live the last couple of years, and I've just turned that into something people can go out there and do as well. And we're just slowly putting things out there as we can. So it will be all the STEM subjects. Um, but right now, the virtual classes that you can get with me, those are Beast Academy math classes, levels three, four, and five. Are these live or are they pre-recorded? The Beast classes are live with me once a week. Um, and the kids actually also get Microsoft products along with it because I teach my classes in Teams. And so they'll learn how to use Excel or learn how to use Word. I, mean, I try to get them into all these other things while they're working with me. So I'm more like a STEM-minded person. I even had my kids last year doing artificial intelligence here and there. It's so scary to all of us. And so I feel like if we just introduce it to them a little bit here and there, and then also throw out hashtag good ethics are really important. So while you're teaching things like artificial intelligence to kids, you have to make sure the parents know that you're showing it to them. Make sure the kids ask the parents for permissions if they want to look at the websites after class. But more than anything, I found that parents were glad to hear about things like that. Yeah, it seems like you've got some really great stuff, like just random things that we don't even think of, you know of, you're thinking of, so you're offering it. That's really great. So they just go on your website and they can just click on different things that they want and they can take multiple things at one time? Yeah, pretty much. So I'll you can go to the website. The homepage is logkimmschoolhouse.com. And then at the top, you'll see the shop. And so anything that I'm offering at any point in time will be in the shop. And then the free stuff I try to keep right on the homepage. So anything that I have out there that's really good for free, just stay on the homepage and you'll find it there. And when does your classes start for the Beast Academy? September. So the first week of September, I believe. First week. Okay. Wow, that sounds great. So 
you must have, when you were teaching your children, did you realize like you were really good at math and that you found really creative ways to teach it? Or what happened? Like what made you want to create this company? So that's, that's a really good question. So that's exactly what happened. I was sitting there, we were doing classical education in the very beginning. And I realized that the classical model really left out algebra because in the classical times, there was no algebra. It was geometry and arithmetic. And algebra didn't come along until 800 AD with a man called Al-Khwarizmi in Persia. And he created that word, and it really just means balance. And if you think about what you're doing in algebra, you're trying to balance equations. But in general, you can balance everything in your life, right? So if you have good balance. And mathematics, uh, the definition of the word mathematics just means knowledge. We think that it means something to do with numbers, but it doesn't. Arithmetic means numbers. Mathematics actually means knowledge. And so when I look at what my kids were doing in English, in the classical model, somebody had dissected all of English grammar into 17 charts. And I thought, wow, that's beautiful. No one's ever done that for algebra. And so I did that. And I have a program I call Algebra Club that's for sale on my website as well. And it's charts just similar to the way that they had done it. But it's all the categories of algebra broken up into one page. You'd have your category of exponent laws on one page and your category of Cartesian coordinate information all on one page. And so kids who can have these sound memories, like um, a dyslexic child, dysgraphic, ADHD. And at the time, I didn't know my kids actually have all these things. I didn't know they did. I I guess I kind of just knew it intrinsically. And um, these charts really lend themselves to quick memory. You can hurry up and learn the basics and the language of algebra. And then when you get all the problems and they ask you the questions, all of a sudden you can find the answers because you know what they're asking you. But it's really difficult to read a textbook when you're a good reader. But when you're not, when, it, when things move on the page or some kids have limited peripheral vision. So like if you held up a paper tube, what, paper towel tube and looked through it, some kids literally can only see that much. And those are the kids that go and get vision therapy. But math is very difficult for kids like that. And so quick memory tools are super important. And my brain just easily put things into categories because I liked math growing up. And I used it in the workforce. And then I was working with lots of different kids who would ask me good questions. And it just put it all into its place really quickly. But Algebra Club is a really great thing. It's on my website. If that one's for sale, I try to help people as much as I can for free as well. That's that's what led me to that. I needed my kids to learn it. And I, I didn't like the way that all the books kept giving you 25 problems a day. It seemed like if that was the point of math, just to do problems, I felt like something was really missing. It wasn't fun. The, the fun aspect was out of it. So this Beast Academy, so that is a curriculum. And that's the curriculum that you chose to go ahead and teach. Now, what do you like specifically about that curriculum? I really liked that that curriculum. I feel like the inventor of that curriculum thinks the way that I do. I believe he thinks in categories as well. You can almost tell um, when you read the problems. And he's actually in videos on his site, uh, Richard, and I'm going to say his last name wrong, Radizak. He's a pretty, he's a genius. And the stuff that he put together in that program is just well-ordered. And I'm a super orderly thinker. But it's also a brightly colored comic book. And math can so easily become this chore that makes kids want to cry. <laughs> and I, I just need them to have fun. And we would play games and read the comics. We read the comics aloud in class like Reader's Theater. 
and the kids will never let me skip that part. Even the kids who hate reading love that part of my classes. Hi friends! Are you wanting to homeschool but you just don't even know where to start? If so, I have got some exciting news to share with you. Did you know that I have a free workshop that will help you get started with homeschooling? Plus, I'll give you valuable tips and insights to help guide you along the way. I invite you to visit Hooked on Homeschool, where I'll teach you how to create an amazing homeschool experience right now. Take this first step towards the incredible journey of homeschooling by visiting hookedonhomeschool.com. So you took this curriculum, so you're, you are creating a, almost like a live teacher for that curriculum to help kids that are doing that curriculum. Okay. Do you work with Beast Academy or you're doing it on your own? I'm just a teacher who picked up a curriculum. Um, just like if I were a Saxon math teacher, um, I just, uh, feel like this curriculum is a real special one. And so I talk about it in addition to just teaching math. And then you've also created all the other things that you have on your website, whether they're free, whether they're also paid. So if you go to the logcabinschoolhouse.com, you can find all of these different things. If your child is struggling, or even if they're not struggling, because this is, seems like the guy who put together the Beast Academy is a great curriculum anyway. And so you're just doing like a live teacher. If you are a mom that really isn't good in math and you're not good at teaching it, but your child actually likes it, this would be really good for them to take because they're getting some interaction. There may be other kids in the class, right? Can they interact also with the other kids in the class? Yes. And actually, every year I try to add some new technological tool to our classroom at Landscape. And last year we added a thing called the Yammer. And inside of Microsoft, there's a Yammer tool that is like a social media platform. And I can put just one class of kids into a Yammer space where they can chat with each other. I require them only to talk about math. They can't bring up other topics. They can bring up science. I think they were talking about the space flights last year that were taking off. And that was fun for them and for me to watch. And I keep an eye on the conversation. They ask questions about math out there. If I have my Beast 5 kids out there with the Beast 3 kids, they'll help answer questions for the younger kids. So my goal is to have 30 kids, 10 kids in each class, and they're all kind of working in the trenches together. And sometimes I'll even put some of the games that we're doing in class in the Yammer, and they'll play those during the week together. Oh, that sounds like fun. So it seems like you do third, fourth, and fifth grade for your Beast classes? Yeah, it's somewhere around there. Because the books navigate towards gifted kids in general, sometimes I'll get really young kids. So they have to just be able to sit still for a math class. And it's 90 minutes. Some people have complained that it's too long, but I, I can't do all the fun stuff and read the comic out loud and get in the math teaching if I do it too much less than that. I think I cut off 10 minutes this year. So I'm going a little bit lower to kind of make some parents a little happier. But I've never had a child complain. They will happily sit on the line the entire time listening to me teach, knowing that the thing coming at the end is going to be the fun part, the games. And last year, one of my kids refused to get off the call the last day because he never wanted it to end. Oh, that is such a testament to what you are doing. That is so good to hear. So is it once a week? Is it a once a week class for 90 minutes? Yes. That's actually not bad. I mean, if you did twice a week for 30 minutes or 45 minutes, so, but once a week is really good. And then do they have homework assignments where they have to do? And then the next week you guys talk about it. Yep. I suggest a 
I suggest a syllabus for the year. And then my kids, some of them are ahead of me and some of them are behind me by a couple of weeks. I even had one child who is a little bit older join the level three class last year and he went through level three and level four. And because I have all, of all the levels, I was able to just say, let me know when you're ready for the next class. And I just moved him into the next class after Christmas. Gotcha. Yeah, that sounds great. Good for you. Okay, so you have some 10 tips that you wanted to go over how to do math well. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about that? Awesome. Yes. So one of the things I love to do is get out into the homeschool landscape and make sure moms know that you've got this and there's ways to do it right and make it fun. So first, you must find math friends for your kids. It's a language and you would never have them do Spanish class alone. So I want to encourage you to think of math as a language and find your kids math friends wherever you can. Teen tutors are really great if there's someone in the neighborhood near you who's or your homeschool co-op who's got a, maybe you've got a third grader and there's a 12th grader in your campus. You know, they're really good at math. Ask them to tutor for $15 an hour. You're going to get such a great deal for that. I charge $45 an hour. $15 an hour is an amazing rate and teenagers are very exciting for little kids to be around. They're going to work really hard for those kids. So do number two, do math to a high bar. Always try to aim high, but take your time. Maybe aim high, but go slower, but always aim high. Number three, this is a really big one. Don't grade decimal. So in school, we were graded by, if I got nine right out of 10, I got 90%. Don't do that. I want you to grade binary. Yes or no. Did I get this one right? Yes. Great. Move on. High five. Did I get it wrong? No. Okay, well, let's look at that. Or you go ahead and see if you can fix it And uh, before I look at it. Because if they can fix it themselves, you're going to raise their confidence level. So binary, yes, no, don't ever put decimal grades on a math paper again. All that does is it lowers their confidence level if even 90% seems low when you only got one wrong. <laughs> but in school, they need that because you're communicating between a teacher and a parent about the child. When you're both the teacher and the parent, you don't need decimal grading. That sounds great. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, super. That's probably the number one. I probably should have made that number one. So number four, learn about the mathematicians. They're super fascinating. If your child doesn't like math, they may, they may really like the people. And the people have done some really amazing things. And so look, look some of them up. Um, number five, focus on confidence first and then the content. So if you do the high five thing with the binary and you raise their confidence, you're going to do more for your math year than how much you taught them in math class. So focus on confidence first. Number six, celebrate the correct answers. Don't drone on about the mistakes. So think about it yourself in a percentage. In my five minutes of conversing with my child was four of the minutes about how well they did on the ones they got right. And one minute was on what I thought the mistakes were. Make sure that that's your breakdown. And think about that for yourself when you're talking to them about their math grades. That's a good one because if kids don't feel like they can do it, they're not going to go on. They're going to be like, I never get anything right. And then you've lost the whole thing. And you're the mom. And so they want you to love everything that they do. They need you to be their cheerleader. So it is really hard to be both a math coach and a mom at the same time. But this is a way to kind of do it. So think in terms of breakdowns of how many minutes am I going to talk to them right now when I look at this paper with them and make sure four out of the five minutes, if it's only five minutes, are hey, look how awesome you did on all these problems. <laughs> Number seven, tell your girls they would make 
excellent process and systems engineers. That's the that's the job title for it. That's what I did in the industry. It was so much fun. I got to walk around. The industry that I worked in was the shipyard, but you could imagine yourself in any industry. So if your child loves clothing, imagine them manufacturing clothing. If they love food, I, I collected Coca-Cola paraphernalia. I would have loved working at a Coca-Cola bottling plant. So imagine in those places, there are process engineers and they are orderly thinkers, people who draw up maps so they're artists as well they learn how to use the tools that they're given so even if you think you have a child that doesn't like computers if they're an orderly thinker basically they they did well in math whether they not whether or not they liked it did they do well in it Someday they would go out into the workforce. Someone's going to tell them how fantastic they are at drawing CAD drawings, computer-aided design. And then all of a sudden they're going to love being a CAD designer. Sometimes all it takes is a compliment from someone somewhere down the road and they're solid. They're going to go do that thing. But we can't take that away from them when they're really young. So it's something to think about. Process and systems engineers. Okay, moms, go tell your chil- your girls they they want to be or could be process and systems engineers. That sounds like my daughter though. She's an artist, but she's very the the way she thinks and organizes things. She can do that. She knows how to put things together, take things apart, and she also loves to draw, paint, and all that all day long. She could do that. Yeah. And girls are such good students. If you think about it, they're very orderly in the way they like to draw and they love notebooks. My girls always loved pencils and notebooks. They would fill up notebooks with stuff. I don't even know what it was half the time, but they were having so much fun. And so those are the kind of people that make great employees someday. That skill reflects well on the industry. Number eight, do math theory and math applications. So math theory is the path to calculus, but math applications is all the things that you would do with your math. And that's like the cybersecurity, the coding, CAD design, 3D printing. There's like a hundred different things today that you could do, but make sure that every year I recommend one of each. And in my application doesn't have to take like the place of a whole class. Like I could sign my kid up for Cyber Patriot, which is a club. And now they're only doing one hour a week and they don't have any homework, but that counts. So try and think what one math application could my child do every single year for 12 years. And then you're going to really have well-rounded them on what's actually out there in the world. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how big or small for a time commitment. Number nine, change curriculum a minimum amount of time. I'm not saying don't ever change curriculum because sometimes it is necessary. We're changing curriculum this year, even though I adore art of problem solving. My son is starting a micro school and they do think well. And so I'm going to allow him to take think well with a group of kids because of number one, make sure your kids have math friends. Yes. Make sure your kids have math friends. There you go. And we talked about micro schools on a different podcast episode where these are popping up. So it's a whole bunch of children getting together and doing like a little school. So it could be at someone's house. It could be at a park, a little different than a co-op, but yeah, those are popping up as well. So those are great options for kids and resources. That's great. And they'll give you more time to do your math. Yeah. I like that. He's going to be a program and teach. Yeah. That's a good idea. Exactly. Okay, number 10. What is the last the last tip to do math well? Number 10. This is a good one. I had two daughters that were really close in age and they were different in terms of math skill 
because one was autistic and she was high functioning autistic. And so she just math came easy for her, like super easy. And my other daughter was dyslexic. And so math was unfair to her. The, the, the negative signs would move, the numbers would swap, like who can do math under those circumstances? And so I could have easily been the mom who didn't give this, this, the dyslexic daughter art of problem solving, figuring there's no way she's going to be able to do the same program as her sister. But never, ever do that. If you have two kids who are close in age, my advice is give them the same thing, even though you may think that may not be a good idea. But I'll tell you the, my daughter's end story. So my daughter is now in college. She's 20 and she's studying systems engineering and she is excellent at it. And her first job was at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. That's why I mentioned CAD, because that was where she discovered, okay, this is the application, math application that I really like. And she got to draw a bunk room for space camp in CAD and Raytheon came in and and assessed it. And I believe the contract that she was drawing for, they won the bid. And so they didn't build exactly what she drew. Business just doesn't always work that way, but she helped them win a bid. And so that was really exciting for her. And so I had put her in art of problem solving, worrying very much that this was a really bad idea. She's going to fail. She's going to sink. And really, because that was where I learned about binary grading and not decimal grading in art of problem solving. When you sign them up in their classes online, artofproblemsolving.com, I recommend them as well. They grade binary. So they gave her seven chances to solve every problem in this program. And all of a sudden, she was going from a C student to an A plus student because she could always figure out where her dyslexia bombed her with a couple tries. And it was never the content because kids with these disabilities generally are actually gifted. So is the art of problem solving, is that another math curriculum that you do with? I did that one last year and this year I've dropped it so that I can start adding some more. I'm going to, I'm starting to write some books on some of the mathematicians that I don't feel like are out there in the marketplace. So I'm trying to like realign myself to where my center really needs to be. Um, Cause we're. So you could look at your 10 tips and you can actually create your math program around those tips that you have. That's a great idea. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on today's show. I think that parents, if you're looking for any math help, a lot of us aren't good in math. So we don't know how to teach it to our kids. And we don't think that our daughters need it. But there's so much out there for them that if they understand math and get really good at math, then when they go on to college or whatever they do, it'll really be helpful. So it's so great. And I really love your 10 tips. That's great. So make sure you Visit Miss Jennifer at the logcabinschoolhouse.com. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Don. I have enjoyed being here. Thank you. Hi, friend. Before you go, I want to thank you for listening. And if you found this podcast helpful, I would truly be grateful if you could just take a moment and leave me a five-star review. Your review will help me improve and reach more listeners who could benefit from homeschooling. Until next time, keep exploring and discovering new ways to make your homeschooling a fun and enjoyable experience. Happy homeschooling!